We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what Brunch Culture is about. About, about, about. Brunch Culture. Brunch Culture. What's going on, world? You are tuned into Brunch Culture. As always, I'm your host, Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my insanely crazy co-host, Miss Lisa V. What's up, world? Because <laughs> I just wish y'all could listen to the conversations that we have before we start this show, and I can play y'all some of the stuff that this girl say. Just know that the... King of Pops face may not have been the king. It may not have been like a king of pops. It's it's too much to explain. Anyway, what's up, Lisa? What's up, Randall? I I'm excited. <laughs> what you excited about? Because for a week I have not had fried food and I have not had pasta. Now I don't feel full when I eat. Yeah, and I'm sure I feel you light and I feel energetic. And you I feel light. <laughs> That's what's important. Lightheaded. I told y'all last week <laughs> when you look at your pictures and discover that you're rounder than you should be, you got to do something. You you have to you have to take action. And I applaud you for taking action. I was on that. I, so you saying like, you looked at my pictures and thought I looked rounder too? That's not what I said. I never said that. I said <laughs> that's how women do. <laughs> right. Exactly. You don't even. You're not even talking about that. You can be like, she'd be like, do I look fat? You'd be like, nah, you look good. Oh, but you ain't say I ain't look fat. So <laughs> what you're trying to say is, like, see, you just gotta, you gotta keep it moving. <laughs> anyway, so what's going on in this week in reviews? This week um, was something sad to me. The $40 million pro football man, Aaron Hernandez, uh, he had a $40 million contract, was convicted yeah. in, of the 2013 murder of his one-time friend, Odin Lloyd. And I watched it when, I was watching CNN when the verdict came. And to see his face and to see what that represented, to have everything have a mansion, have the cars, had a fame, be in the Super Bowl. And now you're going to prison, prison. at 25 yeah. for the rest of your 25, life. Five, yo, with no chance that, of parole. Yeah, and in addition to that, he's not even done. He's also facing um the the over uh uh I think a civil suit for the 2013 over uh, shooting his friend in the face, over splitting a bar tab. Shoot his crazy. friend in the eye. And in addition, he's it's in like Boston. Two in Boston. Got, yeah. yeah, a double murder. And I'm That's just like, crazy, yo. And I, I actually, CNN had an off-the-record um, player for the Patriots who um, talked, not off-the-record, on-the-record, but he didn't want to be identified. He yeah. was like, the way he carried on in the locker room and the people he had around him, he's not shocked. That, that this happened wow and he was like his attitude and just the way he carried on was like he i guess he made a thought he just was untouchable and sometimes yeah. people think like that and now he sees that he's not um he's not yeah 
I, so I didn't see, I didn't physically see it, but I was listening to it on TuneIn. Um, and I think we were texting and you texted me about it. And I was like listening to it and just the gasp and, and the crying. And that just kind of, it was hard to listen to. It just kind of got to me. But apparently they were saying that he was like whispering to his, his uh, fiance and his mom that everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And apparently as well that his uh, lawyers are preparing to file an appeal, which I don't know. You know, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, nobody was there, so we don't know. And I don't know all of the details of the case, but I just know that, like, to be uh, charged with, like, four different murders or to be affiliated with four different murders, like, that's crazy, yo. And you only 25. I think that's the thing that blows me. Like, dude, you really haven't even lived yet, you know? Like, you're you're only 25. So this is... I, I don't know. Like you, you, you're just starting to get in. Of course, you know, you had fame, you had money. So you had a chance to experience, but it's like, you still are, you haven't, you haven't even gotten to like the best part of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you still in your twenties and you're going to jail for the rest of your life. I just think that's, it's crazy and it's insane, but it's always, I think it, for me, it just kind of always bring me back to, you never know what a person is going through, what a person is deal, dealing with. And you also never know, like, we can look at these people and think that, oh, they have the perfect lives, but we never know where that's going to end up, you know? We never know what the end result is. Sometimes that money, fame, and power can get to people's head, and they can start to think they're invincible, and, you know, they get humbled, and yeah. that's been the rest of their life in prison, so... Because going back yeah. to last week's show, we talked about, you know, discouragement and seeing other people thrive, and think about how many people probably was looking at Aaron Hernandez in his prime, which his prime was like just a few years ago and was right. like, man, my life isn't nothing. And now he just peaked, like we talked about last week. You peak, some people peak early, some people peak late. He peaked early and now his rest of his life is a valley. Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm really not doing this with you, Lisa. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not. The rest of his life is a valley. <laughs> Why you gotta say it like that, yo? Why you just couldn't say the man is going to spend the rest of his life just behind bars or something? No. He peaked and the rest of his life is a valley. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of, like, what? I need, the stuff I say, people really laugh. And I'm just like, why y'all laughing? You rude. No, I'm not. (laughs) You rude. (laughs) You ain't right. Right. I want to talk about Hillary. The Come first on, woman, Hillary. The first almost president that made her first stop at Chipotle. That was history. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so what Lisa is talking about is 2016 president presidential candidate uh, Hillary Clinton. Ooh, she announced this ooh, past ooh, Sunday. Ooh, I'm not voting for her. I'm just joking, y'all. Yeah, I know y'all Republicans not voting for her, and that's fine, because... You know, whatever. We're not going to go there. But So, Hillary Clinton announced that she is uh, running for the 2016 presidential race. It's so funny, though, because people have known this for years on the end. People have been speculating. There's been a lot of talk. Of course, I she's been she getting a be lot of... Run, <clears throat> Come on, man. Get out of here. But she finally announced that she is running. And, of course... <laughs> Everybody's excited. Um, Everybody, a lot of Democrats and a lot of liberals. There, honestly, there are a lot of people. It's so funny though. There are people in the Democratic Party that um, don't support her. There's a lot of young people that don't support her, and I don't want to say they they don't take the position. 
<laughs> they don't take the position of like they don't want her to win, but I think a lot of people are skeptical. I was having a conversation with one of my homeboys, and a lot of people are skeptical about the position that she takes when it comes to uh, certain issues and things that you know she hasn't spoken out on and things like that. Which I think is a it's a, it's a good good position. Like everybody. I'm all down for you having your political position and you knowing why you believe something and why you don't believe in something. And even it taking you some time to be supportive of a, of a particular candidate. I'm da all down for that as well. So, you know, I'm just, I'm glad to know that she's actually announced it. I'm glad that we, she can actually talk openly about her plans and how she feels about certain things and starts to really tackle these issues now that she's announced it. So I'm excited about that. And one thing that I know you're excited about and you're conservative friends are excited about is Marco Rubio. So hold on, we can uh, call shade you just threw at me. What? Um, because you're talking about me as a conservative. I, I'm a I said you're, cons you're registered as a Republican, so you're a registered conservative, so I'm speaking to what you're registered as. Don't so, me by my, my, my uh... <laughs> You labeled yourself. You marked it on the box. So, as we were saying, Marco <laughs> Rubio... <laughs> Junior Senator uh, from Florida has announced that he's also running for presidency, um, and is he is Eddie one of three. <laughs> so he is like what? <laughs> he is one. He's the third Republican to announce his uh, candidacy for president and his intent to run. Um, and I actually think Marco Rubio is when when he announced I was like okay so now we can officially say that the presidential race has begun because you have two very likable uh candidates Rand Paul's pretty likable as well but I think Marco Rubio kind of comes with in a sense, a lot of people have been calling him the Barack Obama of the Republican Party because he is seeming to frame his uh, race around this idea of running for um, like a new generation. And, and in a sense, without using the hope and change, but just basically saying that, you know, we need something new and we need something different, which is definitely President Obama's I'm team with um, you. Uh, position. And so we're seeing that Marco Rubio is doing that. I will say, though, in his announcement speech, the guy's a great orator. Like, you know, support him or not, you have to give it to him that he's a great orator. If you guys know the position that I'm, I take, and I, I think that I, I'm going to listen to him and I listen to everybody, but he definitely does come with a lot of baggage and he definitely does come with uh, a backing that oftentimes doesn't give rise or context or space to people that don't believe or look like or have the money that they have. So, you know, my position, but I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying what it is, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I really it's do think generalization, though, because I'm a Republican, I'm a registered Republican. I'm a more of a moderate and I don't think, like, I haven't. I didn't say. I didn't say that they all. I didn't say everybody does. I said he comes with baggage and a political party that that like don't traditionally support people that are not a certain race with a certain in a certain tax bracket and live in a certain space. Mm -hmm. They just don't. I mean, that's like we know that. So, you know, whatever. Again, and I'll, I'll say this all the time. Whether you are Democrat, Republican, or Indi Republican or Independent, I really do think that as long as 
Yeah, that too. (laughs) As long as you are engaged in the issues that matter to you and you're advocating for it. I think, Lisa, you say it so eloquently all the time that, like, we have to work together. And again, there are certain positions that I'll never understand. I will never understand the position of somebody that's really, really wealthy, really, really connected, really, really fortunate and well off. I'll never get that position. Unfortunately, I didn't have the luxury to live that life, so I can't advocate for their position. But I do believe that there should be people that should advocate for their position. And just like I'm a person that advocates for people that are in positions like mine or, or I mean, positions that I was in or similar to my position. So, you know, it is what it is. But we can officially say let the race begin and we will see what happens. And as I told you, Lisa, when we take the office again, I will take you out to dinner and, you know, I'll just make sure that you're okay and you feel good. So, moving on. <laughs> well, Jesus will always be my president. So, as long as he reigns, you ain't never going to be able to take me out of dinner. He reigns forever. <laughs> You better do it, man. You so safe, yo. I love it. I love it, yo. So, today we're going to talk about this uh, code switching. We're going to talk about uh, code switching and something that people do. I don't even think, I, I realize too, some people don't even know the term or aren't familiar with the term code switching. They just know that we call it the turn, turn it on and turn it off, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily know what it is. So just to give you guys kind of a basic definition that I found. I thought when um, you told me about it, that it was another form of Braille. <laughs> another form of Braille? What? <laughs> you know, when people... T- <laughs> Guys, we just gonna keep it moving. So, code switching, <laughs> according to this website, um, grammar.com, it is uh, the practice of moving back and forth between two languages or between two dialects or registers of the same language, also called code mixing. Um, so, <clears throat> basically, code switching in terms of what we're talking about here today is just kind of this idea that as black people or, you know, as minorities, but oftentimes as we see it, I see it, in, it amongst black people, we talk one way and we use a certain dialect when we're amongst our friends or we're around people that we're comfortable with. And then when we get in a business setting or a classroom or around people that we aren't that close to or, you know, something like our coworkers that we may be cool with, but we don't want to give them everything. We speak a certain way. You know, our, our we, we kind of dot our I's and cross our T's and we speak a little bit more eloquently and we're conscious of not talking in a lax way or um, employing slang, slang terms. Oftentimes I hear up here people will say that you speak more janky. So you got like a little jankiness in your voice. Or you talk um, <clears throat> Well, no, jankiness is saying like you're talking... No, I'm black saying that's another way. Or... No, but when you switch it like to your business, they say you're talking white. Right, 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 right. But the, the other side of that is just like talking like relaxed, urban hood, janky or whatnot. So we just kind of want to talk about this whole idea of code switching and number one, why we do it. And number two, if it is a thing that in 2015, we need to do, we have to do, or we should be doing, because there are a lot of people that argue that you know what nobody else is code switching if you have somebody else that is speaking uh that speaks in a certain language if you have a, a hispanic person that may speak spanish 
they don't consider like they might be on the elevator and they'll speak English and they'll switch to, to Spanish or if they want to or they'll switch back and nobody's telling them that like oh you shouldn't speak that way or even in terms of speaking without an accent right so in the south we kind of come with a little country twang is what I've heard people say um, oftentimes people will tell me that I don't hear your countryness until you get around people that are from Florida and then I can hear you talk like and I'm like oh okay and it's something that I'm not conscious of all the time that I like switch back and forth or I might you know sound a little more relaxed than I do but sometimes people will say that and I realize that like it's only a problem for I feel like black people um at times it's only a problem when we're not speaking proper English. You'll say somebody sounds ghetto or somebody's talking black or they're sounding urban or hood. And it only becomes like a problem. But when you have people from other cultures that may have an accent or that may not be speaking the English language properly, it's okay. So what is that thing? Why do we have to deal with it? What's going on? Well, personally, if you want to keep your job, um, you probably want to cut out the um hood language at work um especially when you work with the public uh it's a bad representation on your job at at work especially is the most common when people get around at work they act different it's not just their dialect that changes it's their most times it's just their whole everything kind of shifts their response to certain things changes everything changes because they know they have to put on a certain um, personality for work. And when you're at work, people expect you to have a certain personality. That's because you're not representing yourself. You're representing that company. And the company wants to be represented a certain way. So you have to put on the personality that the, that the company expects you to have in order to represent them properly. So I completely I completely get that in the workspace. And I kind of think that that is, you know, the that's something that no matter what race you are, what cultural background you come from, some people are are cognizant of and kind of do to a certain degree. But one of the things that I kind of I think, though, that we have to consider is when you consider people that um, just may have a very thick accent. Sometimes there's no consideration given to if somebody else is able to understand them or, you know, it's kind of just this understanding that that is just how they talk. Right. That's just how they speak. And we'll just roll with it and try to make the best of it, as opposed to somebody that me, I may speak, I may say um, I may not like enunciate properly all of my words sometimes sometimes I may speak a little more relaxed and it is just it's not me one wouldn't say oh well that's Randall because he's from the south you know we have to understand that he speaks that way there's this expectation for me to get it right for me to speak properly for me to make sure that I'm announcing Every syllable that's there, everything, every part of that word, I'm saying it in the way that it should be said. And there's this expectation for me to get it right. But when amongst other people, they don't have those same expectations all the time. And again, I'm not saying that, you know, we got everybody that's just going around and talking crazy. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that we give people the benefit of a doubt if they don't 
speak properly or clearly or you can't understand them based on like, oh, well, you know, they're from a different culture or, you know, culturally they just sound like this. And when it comes to black people, it's like, you got to get it together. And I mean, I'll even check myself with that because out here. So one of the things that frustrates me a lot is like people I'm probably going to piss people off, but no offense, but people that I'm usually really good with accents. But when people talk with like this real, real deep Maryland accent, I don't it after a while, it starts to frustrate me because I'm like, just say it right. If you just say it right, it's not Maryland. It's Maryland. Like, just say it. Say it. I promise. If you yeah, just you enunciate it the same way, how to say Maryland, because they say Maryland. And that's but that, that be the right way me. because they're from there. No, 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 no. The word doesn't say Merlin. Like, Merlin is not even a sound. Isn't like, that subjective, though? You go, if, if you say that we have to do it in, in work, <laughs> you go to your job and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to Merlin. And they'd be like, oh, well, that's wrong, Lisa. You're going to be like, oh, well, nah, boss, that's subjective. No, like, this is not the right way to say it. But again, I'm saying, though, I have to check myself with that because I realize that I will look at a black person from Maryland and expect them to say it in a certain way and not even consider somebody else from Maryland may say it the same same way or I may not be as agitated. So it's one of those things that I even have to check myself with and just say, yo, why is your expectations for these this group of people or this certain person to get it right? And you give everybody else the chance to just kind of, you know, do what they want to do or say it how they want to say it. You say oh, well, they're from a certain group, certain background, so everything's A-OK. Like, why is that a thing, you know? Yeah. I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> but I think, too, it's just, I think that just is a, in our culture, uh, over, how, how do I want to say it? It kind of just is this thing that, or this generalization or these caricatures that people develop of other people, especially African-Americans based on perceptions. And so when they hear something that's more so urban, they automatically make it negative because of their stereotype. And I think that's one of the things that in, in addressing code switching, right, that we have to, that's one of the things we have to deal with. That's one of the things that we have to address. We have to be cognizant of, you know, our own bias or our own tendency to do that and then challenge this entire system of people that says that that's, that's wrong. So when you, when you think about code switching, honestly, I completely understand. And again, I'm a person that I'm, we're having this conversation and I'm not saying that like, oh, these people don't need to talk like that because I do it too. I feel like, honestly, we all do it. One of the, the areas that I really believe it becomes a problem in, though, is when you're in social settings, right? And it's something that I I noticed that if I'm around, if I if I'm around somebody that has more of a a, a hood slang talk, I get extremely kind of internally excited because I feel like. I relate to you instantly. I connect with you instantly. I, even if I remember, you know, some of my friends from Jacksonville that I went to like middle school with will tell me, oh, you know, you talk white. And I mentioned this a while ago. People say, you talk white now. 
you know, you ain't one of us. You one of them now, yada, 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 and that whole thing. But when I get around people that are less articulate or don't speak uh, enunciating everything, I kind of get a little excited and I get a little bit more comfortable. But what I do notice, and we all know this, these people, when we get around a group of people that we aren't used to or may not be black, may be white or Asian or whatever, we all speak in this very, like, proper, acceptable English way. And this is how I'm supposed to talk. And I'm supposed to make my voice a little bit high pitched so that I'm less threatening. Um, and we kind of go through all these things. And as opposed to just saying like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going through that. This is how I want to talk in a social setting. When you go to work, I completely agree and, and understand that you're going to have to speak in a certain way Number one, because it is expected. And number two, because this is what people are expected to understand is the standard and the norm. We can have a whole nother show about challenging that. So I get that in like a professional setting. But in a personal social setting, I feel like we tend to do it without really thinking about why we do it or challenging the need to do it and the need to change. I noticed that I do it more so... Um... Stand in Lynchburg, Virginia, from a gra- uh, graduate work, um, which I'm su- I was surrounded by conservative evangelical white people all the time, and I noticed that even th- there was a few black people. We all, you know, we all talked together. When we would talk, you know, you have to it's strength in the three that it was there. <laughs> we had to pull strength from each other. But me and my roommate. Um, and another friend of ours, we would hang out. And our our language is different. We start talking about different things. We start talking about things we can relate to. But I don't think that our necessarily are well, I guess some of the words we might use ain't. But it seems like sometimes you have when you're around, I know I did, because I know that a lot of them had a a stereotype in their mind of black people. I felt I had to overcompensate or I had to show them that black people weren't their perceived, what they perceived or what they thought of the stereotypes. Like I felt like I had to be the opposite of the black stereotype just so to represent black people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, yeah. like you're the person that got to represent to show them oh, that yeah. black people are not are are different we're not all one way we you know and you know one girl was like oh yeah you grew up in a two-parent home wow you know it's like just random stuff oh you don't you that's not weave okay and it's like you have to be sensitive because it's like they just have they just don't know yeah they're just ignorant and they just don't know so one of the things i remember one of my old co-workers uh worked with her in florida and when you hear her talk she talks no matter where she's at who she's around we are in staff meetings and she's speaking this way we are in like entire like big company meetings um, and she's talking to senior level management in the same tone, the same dialect, the same way. And she does sound like one of the girls I grew up with, like a hood girl. But when I tell you she is smart as heck, yo, like on top of her game. And she speaks the same way. And I remember talking to her about it and she was saying that 
in a business and a professional setting, usually when she speaks, people want to discredit her because of how she talks. And her thing is, I'm going to prove to you and to show you that I'm not everything that you think I am. And I'm not all of these stereotypes by being what you expect me to be, like letting you hear what you expect to hear, but letting you see what you didn't expect to see. So you see my work ethic. You see the, you see how intelligent I am. You see how my ideas, I'm presenting to you my ideas and it's changing these issues and we're overcoming these obstacles that you have that we're having, you're putting me in leadership positions and I'm excelling, I'm excelling like no one else. And you're still hearing this ghetto girl, this hood, you know, uh, voice and, and tone. And for me, I just admired it. I like when I start thinking about, you know, this idea of cold switch and I think about her and I kind of wish I can like say her name on air and like, just give a shout out though. But I think about her and I think about her, uh, being who she is authentically in every sense of in every sense, but still breaking down barriers and showing people that although you may hear me sound this way, this doesn't like this doesn't stop me from being intelligent. This doesn't stop me from being a top notch employee that you need. And I dare you to try to fire me or I dare you to try to tell me that I can't do something to get into a certain arena because I'm one of the best you have. So I just I, I just the whole thing. I, I wish, honestly, that we can all kind of take a, a page from her book and start to kind of do it in that sense, because, again, I think in professional world. I'm one that does it um, in more so in a professional world, but I do also understand that for me, it, is, it was a challenge of my life to make sure that I didn't speak a certain way because I would get ridiculed for it or, you know, people would like look at me crazy growing up. So I was like, let me just, I'm going to try to speak it properly. And I, I want to try to, you know, talk like these people and not, and, and after a while you kind of find your own space, but you realize how a part of that is you telling yourself that what you do naturally or what is just kind of a part of who you are, you got to diminish that when other people just have this ability to speak how they want to speak and thrive and people give them a pat on the back and all of the above, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that works sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't work. Um, as far as like, work all the time. that story. Well, no, I know another friend who actually works in the medical field and she's actually, she kind of, she conforms in, in that environment and I guess tones down the ethnic. And there's another girl you said tone down the ethnic. Yeah, the urban. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know, you know, you got to play the game. That's what the Republicans teach you. Straight just... up. <laughs> Anyways. So, <laughs> she tones it down, but her, and she's not a Republican. That's her. I just wanted to add that. But she has a, a colleague that doesn't and it's real kind of like in your face and, you know, and it's becoming, and the management was like, we just don't understand why she behaves like this. And she's a smart girl, but it's, 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 it's not causing, it's causing tension. So I said that to say that sometimes in the workplace, you can't, it depends on, it honestly depends on the management 
Well, no, I think it depends on the person, though, because you're saying that they're saying, like, why, I don't understand why she acts like that. So, like, your the your dialect and how you speak doesn't have to doesn't mean that you have to be rambunctious and loud. Like the my, my coworker, she wasn't, you know, over the top and just like over the bearing. She just spoke a certain way. So she would talk normal and in a sense of having like a, a normal tone and, and just speaking in a way that is calm, cool, and collected. It's just the way in which she she said her words and things came out. It was not traditional in the sense of, oh, she sounds like she would be the people that we see on television or the people that we hear on the radio. Like, she doesn't have that. She doesn't make herself so polished. Exactly. She speaks normally, but... You know what I'm saying? Her, her, in terms of her behavior and her conduct, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, like, so being like ethnic or saying that, oh, you're speaking more, you know, more urban means that you got to be like, oh, well, this justification for me to just jump down your throat and say what I want to say and don't try me. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, yo, if you talk, if you say y'all and nah and uh, uh-uh, we ain't doing that, like that's. Hey, I'm finna get this paperwork like that. Well, that sounds a little hostile. You can just like, oh, <laughs> well, the paperwork no, over there. The paperwork. Yeah, like Fair I enough. honestly, I, I really think that. So you gonna like, try saying Santa at work? No, I never said that. But I'm saying that if I wanted to, I should be able to. That's all I'm you saying. You should do an experiment at your job and start talking like that and see what happens. Well, I, honestly, though, honestly, at my job, I don't really think it'll be that much of a problem because I work with a lot of minorities. And yeah, I think everybody would be like, oh, okay, all right, let's keep it moving. <laughs> like, you're smart. Yeah. You've proven yourself. You're great. We don't have no problems. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think about code switching. Do you code switch? Are you cognizant of your code switching? How do you feel about it? Do you feel like this is something that, you know, we really should be trying to change in 2015? We should allow people to be who they are. And again, like, let's not consider just in the workplace. Let's just consider in social settings. Let's consider how people speak when they're on the radio, if they're going to be interviewed on the news, if they're just in a bar with their friends and it's a a, a happy hour or whatnot. You know, like, do people need to be cognizant of code switching to be accepted on what's we're termed as the quote-unquote white way to speak or should people be able to use slang whenever and however they want to, as long as they are representative of themselves and not of like some larger organization? So hit us up, chat BC. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and now it's time for our random topic. So the headline from GQ magazine um, <laughs> says, "Man gets in a car crash and all seventeen of his girlfriends show up." Uh, yeah, Mister Yawn. Not a play, I just crushed a lot. That joke. Come on. Hold it up. Hold it up. Yeah. Hold it. Rip. Rest in peace, Fat Joe. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Up Wait, there. that's not Fat Joe. That's. Oh, God, Lisa. Oh, that's Big Punisher. Not. Ah, Fat Joe's oh, still alive. <laughs> she done fat killed off Fat Joe. Big, it's yeah, Big Pun. Ain't that cousin? 
a brother <sighs> or something. They were like, they both light. Continue with the story, Lisa. <laughs> They're both light skinned in Puerto Rican. <laughs> you were saying the random topic. Miss <clears throat> Dion. Yeah, I'm not really slow. I'm just, I'm tired. Miss Dion reportedly got into a car accident and the hospital contacted his relatives. Then seven, 17 different women he was dating showed up, including one whom he fathered a child. They put it so nicely. That's they ain't baby. say baby daddy. That's a, his baby mama, Lisa, not his baby daddy. Yeah, I'm all twisted tonight. <sighs> What's going on? <laughs> anyway, somebody in his family apparently called all 17 women. Yeah. Trifling, 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 trifling. It's probably somebody in his family that he owed money to, though. And they was like, oh, what? One of the articles from Shady say it was probably his mama because she was tired of him not visiting her because he was entertaining all these women. <laughs> what? How do you make that connection? Right. <laughs> it must have been his mama probably slipped somebody inside and be like, hey, it was me. <laughs> That's so random. That's such a random connection to make. Like, when dude, the hospital and then they said another suggestion the hospital saw all the women in his phone with baby and emojis and just called all of them so the saddest thing is dude probably really was like I wish I would have just died like <laughs> you got 17 women yo that's a and, lot to handle I don't know how you, <laughs> how you keep up with that I mean that's, 5 maybe at the max <sighs> 17, bro. That's, I mean, that, that has to be think, like, How many women do you think you could juggle at one time? I'm not finna set myself up for failure like that. It's not a fail. It's not a fail. It's a fail proof question. One. It's hypothetical. I'm, I'm a nice guy. One. That's all I can do. One. Lies. Lies. <laughs> you are nice, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> So just you've one. never at any time in your life dated more than one girl at once? Just one. So you were saying about, we're talking about this dude with uh, 17 women. Well, we're we trying to make about. the connection. Conne- connection to what? Our personal Connection life. to his mama. Nah, cuz. So <laughs> <laughs> we were saying, so dude had 17 women and they came up there and yeah, old boy probably wanted to die. Sometimes you gotta lose the win. Maybe he'll start to win again. That's my yo. That's my one of my friends' answers to everything. I'd be like, "Hey, this happened, man. Sometimes you gotta lose the win." Yeah, I don't really. I'd be like, "Dang, okay, cool." But yeah, so dude, (laughs) and he crushed a lot. And he got a baby mama. So I wonder, you know, how the baby mama felt, though, because I would imagine that the baby mama, if he with all these other women, he don't got no kids with them, but he just got kids with the baby mama. The, ba- the baby mama was probably the main, and everybody else was just a side chick. So the baby mama is the one he just slipped up on. Oh, dang. You think it's like that? Uh, how many baby mamas ain't mains? Think about that. Let's just pause for that. But he claimed the baby, though, so... She, I'm sure she a man. But it's still people that claim babies and they man. Well, I, you know what? As I said, I just can't speak for all that kind of stuff. You can't I'm have safe. a man with seven. I'm safe. I'm safe, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. What that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
a lot of people are claiming that and still playing crush a lot. Uh-uh, uh-uh, but I'm uh-uh. not going there. I'm going to read the quote of the week. <laughs> Don't be a carbon copy of one of God's great originals. Be yourself. And yes. if you're a player, that's by T.D. Jakes. If you're a player, let the pe- be yourself. And that's why keep that, that part by T.D. Jakes, too? No. <laughs> you gonna get us sued. <laughs> no, just that. Just the carbon copy. He didn't say that about a player. I just added that because I want to make the connection. Let's clarify this, bro. You was not finna have all network come on us and be like, oh, they missed. No, 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 no. T.D. Jakes didn't say that part, y'all. Yeah, I was just trying to make the connection. <laughs> I want to make the connection. I, I'm, I'm, tonight, I've been making a lot of missteps because I already said you know, when I said I killed Fat Joe um, off because I'm talking about rest in peace, Fat Joe, when it was Big Pun. Big Pun. It's okay, though. You know what? But Fat Joe is, he's gone because he's now, he's he's Slim Joe. He not fat no more. Um. Anyways, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> so... He wasn't a joke. That was real life. He's thin. You, you ain't seen? He looked good. He said he had to get that weight off because you know what happened to Big Pond. He didn't want to go that way. You rude, man. I'm not. I'm not even finna laugh at you. That's so... no. I'm not joking. No, that's I just... real. So the quote, that's as real. you said, the quote by TDJ was, "Don't be a carbon copy of one of God's great originals. Be yourself." And we just wanted to say that. Talking about this idea of code switching, honestly, at the end of the day, we do have, we all, I think it's something that we all do, we all struggle with, particularly if you are a minority, but just remember to be yourself, yo. You are great. God made you. You're an original. There's nobody else that can be you. There's nobody else can do what you do. So make sure that you are doing you and doing you well and wear it with pride. And we thank you guys so much for listening to Brunch Culture. (laughs) We have had a good time. We always have a good time talking with you guys. Make sure you guys join the conversation using the hashtag ChatBC. Email us. Let us know what you think. Uh, brunchculturebc at gmail.com check us out on our website www.brunchculturebc.com you can hit us up on twitter at brunchculture and on instagram at brunch underscore culture we appreciate you guys for getting us here to episode 45 we don't know what we're gonna do yet but we're gonna do something real major and big for episode 50 it's probably gonna be a giveaway so stay tuned uh share us on with your friends like us on facebook hit us up on itunes and leave us a review to give to me because i graduate and so i feel like people need to give away to me as a gift Listen. um okay listeners um so remember guys here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion booyaka (laughs) yo you foolish